Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. We've been talking about this new series called No Ordinary Love. And we're talking about the love of God, not an ordinary love, not a fake love, not a watered-down type of love, not a manipulative type of love. It's pure. It's true. It's powerful. Our society talks so much about love, especially in the month of February. We make movies and TV shows to try to capture it. We write songs and poetry to try to explain it. But do we really know what love is? So today I want to talk to you about what love is. Look at somebody and say, what love is? What love is. I want to start here in Proverbs 3, if you'll go with me. Proverbs 3, 11. So you will, uh, screens are down right now. They will be up later. So you will have to use your Bible or your own device to find this. I'm sorry to make you work a little bit today. Proverbs 3, 11. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So don't be upset when the Lord corrects you, because the Lord corrects those he loves. You can know that the Lord loves you by the fact that he corrects you, right? Like the child that the father delights in, he corrects that same child. Correction is the evidence of love. Repeat that with me. Correction is the evidence of love. I think that's important uh, to see. Now, this is no ordinary love. If you look from a natural perspective, you may not uh, come to that same conclusion. But if you look by the Spirit, correction is the evidence of love. Now, if we want to be more like God, if we want to be more like Christ, we won't run from correction, but actually run to correction because we want to get better. Um, what was so powerful was the, with the men this weekend was we were standing there, we were having real talks and real discussions about life and allowing God to correct different areas of our life because correction is the evidence of love. I want to be in relationship with people that have that same spirit of God that will correct in love. Have a knowledge base of right and wrong and care enough to correct. Um, you want to be around people that will correct you. If you're off track, if you're off in an area that they love you enough. If you really want to grow this year, if you really want to make uh, great strides in this life, don't be around people that make you comfortable. Get around people that will correct you. That's the concept of God's love is say, I love you enough to call you out. I love you enough to say something to you. I love you enough to correct you. And this concept goes both ways. You should want to be around people that will correct you, but you should also become a person that loves enough to correct a friend. Love enough to correct. Love enough to correct someone. Want to be around people that will correct you. When you really love somebody, you will tell them the truth. If you got something in your teeth, 
That is not a friend that will let you continue to talk with that thing in your teeth. When you love somebody, you will tell them the truth. If I love you, I'm going, I'm going to tell, I'm not going to tell you that you're doing great when you're not doing great. If I really love you, if I'm a true friend, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to correct you if needed. I love the scripture, Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Think about that for a second. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In the New Living Translation, that was the NIV, but in the New Living Translation it says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. It's true. To conceal the truth is to truly show that you don't care. Flattering someone that's doing wrong is what an enemy does. Correction is what a friend does. A person that doesn't care about the consequences is not honest. A person that cares tells the truth. To not correct someone is not love. Let's be honest. It's easier to look the other way than to say something. It takes boldness. Love confronts. Love corrects. God is showing us this in His nature. God is showing us this in Scripture. As a loving parent corrects a child, He corrects us. And if we want to be like Christ, if we want to be like God, we will want to correct in love. He corrects because of His great love. And if we want to have this love, we must grow in the practice of correction. How do you think that iron sharpens iron? We like to say that scripture a lot in church, right? How do you think that iron sharpens iron? There's some friction there. There's some difficult conversations. There's some times when you have to call somebody out. That is how iron sharpens iron. This is the love of God. This is the love that we are challenged and even commanded to do. So when we grow in this godly love... When we grow in this love, we're going to grow as a godly, healthy culture. How do you think we have a healthy culture of believers, a healthy church family? Well, we have to be honest. We have to say the things that are sometimes difficult. When I'm not honest, when I choose not to have a positive confrontation, I'm actually enabling someone in their problem. Love is not enabling Enabling is when we don't address a problem that clearly exists. Enabling is when I am directly or indirectly supporting this problematic behavior. That's not love. When we enable someone, we're actually further entrenching someone in their problem. When we're not honest, we create a false reality for someone to live in. When we don't correct, we create a false reality for someone Remember, if you fail to be honest, you begin to enable. When you don't speak up, you allow that person that you claim to love to continue down the wrong path. I would want someone to tell me if I was on the wrong track. 
I had a music project once that I was doing, and I was working on it a lot, and there were two people that both were professionals. And I want you to, to, to try to think which one was the friend to me. One person said, this is great. Let's pour some more money into it. Let's get radio spots. Let's go on a radio tour. The other person said, you need to completely retool this album. It's not ready. This is not right in the writing. This is not right in the situation. You know, you need to let this one sail away into the sun. (laughs) Work on something new. And $30,000 later, the one person that told me you need to retool the project, that was the friend. The other person wanted money. And so they told me, what I wanted to hear, which was, man, this is the best thing. This is awesome. This is ready. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Love is courageous. Love will say difficult things. Love, love helps you weed out the illusions It is an illusion that a lack of honesty is love. Love is honest. Love is courageous. It takes courage to tell the truth. It takes courage to rebuke. But that's what love is. Love is courageous. It took courage for Jesus to go to the cross. It took Paul, uh, it took courage for Paul to preach the gospel in the face of persecution. Love does bold things things. Love does sacrificial things. Love takes risks of faith. Many things of true value take courage and love is no different. We must have courage to truly love. It takes courage to love your neighbor as yourself. It takes courage to love your enemies. It takes courage to love those that have hurt you. It takes courage to love in that way. But this is no ordinary love. We're talking about the love of God. That's what love is. And it's important to know what love is because the world wants to define it and water it down and sometimes call it something that it's not. Because love is not anger and love is not hatred. But our culture gets confused sometimes about love. They get really passionate about something And they call it love, but it's actually anger. It's actually even becomes hatred. When I was growing up, my mom told me, she said, only hate the devil. Only hate, hate is a strong word, you should only hate the devil. As I got older and and looked at scripture, I realized that we should only hate the things that are evil. We should only hate the things that are wicked. Hate is a strong word. How much worse is it to say something that is love, but it's actually hate? But this is exactly what our world, the world that we live in sometimes does. Our culture calls hate love and calls love hate. And it should be no surprise to you and me because the Bible says in the last days, people will call things that are right wrong and call things that are wrong 
right. Our society is confused about what love is. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, in the last days, people will not love what is good. We are living in those days when many people do not love. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. What is love? They love themselves. They love money. They've lost their compass. They don't love what is good. Many times they feel strong about something and they express it with anger and rage and sometimes hatred. This is not love. Love is a peacemaker. Love corrects, but it corrects to build up, not to destroy. The love of God, the love that Jesus taught, is no ordinary love. That means that often what you hear in our culture about love, what you see in movies, what you hear in music, many times is not the same thing that Jesus was teaching and Jesus was talking about. Our love is meant to be different. Our love is special. Our love is not anger. Our love is not hate. Our love is not ordinary. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Hatred stirs up strife. When I see strife, I see the presence of anger. I see the presence of hatred. I don't see love. Love heals wounds. Anger and hatred cause wounds. Anger and hatred stir up strife. Proverbs 19.11 says, Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Can I say it again? They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. A sensible love restrains anger. A wise love holds back when others give full vent to their anger. A sensible love overlooks offenses. This is no ordinary love. It's patient. It's kind. 1 Corinthians 13 says. It's important that we know the difference between what the world calls love and what the Bible calls love. Because it's oftentimes a stark contrast. Our culture will get on its soapbox and talk about love. But it's not love. Their idea of justice is really vengeance. And vengeance can never be quenched. That's why the Bible teaches forgiveness. Vengeance will always demand another human sacrifice. Justice can be satisfied, but human vengeance cannot. Vengeance is an endless cycle of getting even. You get even with me, then I get even with you, and then you got to get even again with me. Then I have to find some way to get even with you. Vengeance is a never-ending cycle. The justice of God is different. A righteous justice is different. Our world is filled with so much anger, and it tries to call that love. But love corrects, but love does not abuse. Love holds accountable, but love does not seek to destroy. Love covers an offense, while hatred stirs up strife. 
When you see someone that stirs up strife, you have two biblical options, right? Sir, someone stirring up strife, two options. Number one, go and correct them in love. That should be your first go-to. Go and correct them in love. Number two, if option one doesn't work or option one is not available, don't be around that person. That's what the Bible says. Don't be around people that want strife. They want to gossip. They want to talk. They want to cause issues. They want to stir up stuff. They want to cause division. If they won't be corrected, don't be around that person. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 talks about, there's a few things that, that God just absolutely hates. One of those things is a person that stirs up strife. They just love a good conflict. God isn't like that. God doesn't like that. If you're going to talk, talk constructively. If you're going to correct, do it in love. If you need to hold someone accountable, go right on and do it. But just talking to talk isn't solving anything. Don't be involved in that. This is what love does. This is what love is. Love restores. God's love restores. When somebody does the wrong thing, how can I lift that person back up to the position they've fallen from? How can I help that person get back into a good, healthy place? I like this, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in the same way, obey the law of Christ. So, do we talk about it? No. Gently and humbly restore. And I see someone broken. I see someone messing up. I see someone in sin. I don't look to talk for talking's sake. I only look to talk if it can be constructive and it can help somehow to elevate the person back in to the place they need to be. That is godly. That is spiritual. That is maturity. Love goes the extra mile to invest in imperfect people. That's what God's community is about. It's a place to grow. It's a a place to experience the love of God and express the love of God. A place to receive correction and a place to give correction. A place to hold accountable and to be held accountable. It's courageous work. But that's what real love is. It's no ordinary love. I think as we look at love to understand it more, we grow closer to God. Scripture tells us in the book of John that God is love. So if I understand love in a deeper way, I will understand God in a deeper way. If I refuse to love like God loves, that means I'm putting distance between me and God. I don't want to put distance between me and God. I don't want you to put distance between yourself and God. I want to bring myself closer to God. I want you and I to have a deeper revelation of His love. I want you and I to 
to grow closer in fellowship with him. That's my prayer during this series. That's my goal. That's my objective. If I can get us to understand his love in a deeper way, we will have a deeper knowledge of who he is. Will you stand with me and let's let's pray together. Love is action. Love is action, just like standing up. Love will cause you to do things, sometimes uncomfortable things. Join hands with the person next to you. God, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. Lord, you have challenged us, even commanded us to love. And not just love any kind of way. Not just in any ordinary way, but you called us and commanded us to love like you love. So, Father, in the same way that we've received love, God, you are preparing us and equipping us to love in that same manner. God, stir up in us a love, a beautiful, pure, virtuous, powerful, impactful love. God, that the people that are in our path, that the people that are around us, God, would experience the love of God through us. And I thank you, God, that you give us the courage and the boldness to love real people, people with imperfections, people with issues, just like we have issues, just like we've worked through issues and are still working through issues. God, give us the same love for others that will love each other, that will hold one another accountable, that will correct when necessary and encourage when needed. God, I thank you for your love that shows us and points us in the way. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.